0: Hello? Hello? <coughs> Podcast Network Asia
2: Yung obsessed with a customer In startup, it's a whole different level As in ito, kausap mo talaga sila I mean, it's yung story eh. Nung Christmas, na-delay kami ng deliveries to our seller. Kami ni Bri, we went to her at 10am in Tundong. Uh, just to say sorry, eto pa kay MC natin. Kamusta po ba? Sige, hintayin po namin yung delivery. It gets to that level of being so involved with your customer that you're there with her or him. Um, and you know them you know kung nakabili na sila e-bike because of your because of Sarisuki you know pag nagquit na sila ng job at gagawin nila to full time you know na meron silang good review so that obsession with the customer is 10,000 times the startup
1: And good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you are watching here in the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. And in my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering and most interesting business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can we replicate those same success secrets how have they innovated? How have they pivoted their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what business opportunities do they see emerging in the now normal? And how can they share those opportunities with us? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know and drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Penals TV, and the Bounce Back Network. If you are enjoying this podcast and learning a lot from it, Please do subscribe and invite more friends to listen to the RG Ladesma podcast. You can also catch us right now on YouTube tonight. Again, another very very special two guests here tonight, co-founders of a company which I truly admire. I especially admire companies which were formed in the midst uh, of this pandemic because they truly embody uh, that wagey mentality that, you know, that in every crisis there is an opportunity. And Sarisuki is one of these great businesses. So Sarisuki is made up of their founders, Brian Koo, who is the chief executive officer, and Bam Mehia, the chief commercial officer. Sarisuki is a fast or one of the fastest growing e-commerce grocery platforms here in the Philippines. If Brian's name sounds familiar, uh, we'll find out again later on why. Now, Sarisuki started at the onset of this pandemic as the collective action of community sellers who were consolidating and providing the needs of their neighborhood's community group buying. I'm sure many of us were in a community group buying site uh, one time or another, especially in the height of the ECQ. Now, they use technology that enabled grocery dealers to earn extra income through online selling and help customers to purchase their needs without having to risk their lives outside. More importantly, since its launch in May last year, Sarisuki continuously supplies local communities with daily essentials and fresh groceries at affordable prices, and has seen its gross merchandise value grow 36 times, 36x after nine months. What an accomplishment. But that's not their only accomplishment. In March 2022, this year, regional and global investors witnessed this game-changer move and supported Sugi's expansion with a $10.7 million funding. So here to tell us more about their success story, please welcome my good friends, Brian Koo and Bam Mejia. Hey, RJ. Hello. Hey. Guys, guys, so nice to see you. And you know what? Uh, Before we start here today, uh, I'm particularly honored because uh, I have to say to people, I have an instant connection with Brian. I've been an admirer of Brian for many, many years Many years ago, I interviewed him for my my talk show on one news, Bloomberg Philippines, on one of his startups. We'll talk about that in a bit, Brian. And we've kept in touch, of course, even when he was the head of of Grab. uh, We were still in touch at the same time. And Bam and I, uh, we have an affiliation because we both belong to the same company. We were both uh, what they would call very affectionately Proctoids. We both worked for Procter & Gamble. And so uh, there's a commonality across the years uh, for us who've worked there. Of course, Bam many years uh, younger than I am. But at least we look almost the same age. A few lah, a few uh, A few years not, now. Not
2: that many naman. <laughs> I think we two to three years long tayo.
1: Oh, uh, in so yeah. Buti na lang, buti na lang. Now, and then, um, I understand that both of you guys are uh, very, you know, graduates of Ateneo's Management Engineering Program, one of the most premier programs here in the Philippines. And I'm glad to see that, you know, uh, many ME graduates you know, uh, coming together and putting up companies to help grow the Philippines. Now, first big story coming out of this one, and, this one I'm truly impressed by is that you put up a company in the midst of the pandemic and you were able to raise ten point seven million dollars also in the midst of this pandemic, at level one, you were still able to do that one. And for me, that's quite, you know, that's quite impressive. And you know, I, I've worked with Brian in the past. Brian's done several startups in the past. Uh you have raised money, but how does it feel different now for you, Brian? Are you just as ecstatic as as you were in the past, or even more? Raising money in Sarisuki?
0: You know, it's it's a mix of emotions, RJ. It's uh it's, yes, we've worked in the w- with each other in the past, we our, our paths have have crossed. But in all those times, I'd never consider myself an entrepreneur. Just like you are an entrepreneur. You, know? you started Mercato, did lots of great things. But I was always sort of a a built entrepreneur, right? So You know, funds would come to me and say, let's build this, let's venture build, let's launch this. I'd say, yes, I never have to worry about raising money. I just have to worry about operations, building the team, making a great business. The difference with Sarasuki right now is that we started this from scratch, where I didn't have the backing that I had before in Grab, in Yes Credit, in the other companies. So we had to do everything from scratch, everything from raising Raising capital to building the tech team, you know, in Grab, I was very fortunate to have a very strong regional and tech team behind uh, to support um, whatever we wanted to roll out in the the Philippines and and the funding that came from the region, right, to support the growth plans uh, for the country. But in Sarasuki, we had to start from scratch. So, only now that I really consider myself a true entrepreneur, um, I don't want (laughs) to just give you know. I give credit where credit's due and I admire a lot of you guys who are really out there, who really put things on the line. Now I'm putting things on the line along with you guys. So, you know, when we raised our first check of around $3 million, it was very humbling that a lot of the VCs after I left Grab were interested in what I was going to do next and were willing to take a bet on this particular model of e-commerce so it was very humbling. We were able to show that there was good product market fit, grow the initial few months, and then went on to raise another another round right after that. So it's, I don't want to downplay how hard it is to fundraise, especially in today's environment. In last year, it was much easier, um, I would admit, for people with uh, a bit of a brand name who's been around the block uh, when it comes to startups. It was much easier last year. Cost of capital has been going up. Uh, so interest rates have been going up. Inflation has been going up. Public markets have tanked. You know, right after the pandemic, you saw a drop in the stock market, but then it bounced back right mm-hmm. away. You're not seeing the same sort of v- V-shaped bounce back right now. Uh, so funds are a bit more careful in, uh, in where they deploy. They have shareholders, partners to, to make sure they're happy also. Um, so you're not seeing as crazy levels of valuation and as crazy levels of deployment of capital as you did last year. So we're very fortunate to have raised what we raised last year in anticipation of what's going to happen in the next few years. but the whole everything else, the metrics, what people look for, what funds look for, um, have changed uh, drastically over the last few
1: months. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm still congratulating you because, I mean, so you're even saying, despite all those other obstacles and challenges, you were still able to raise uh, good money for the start behind the sound business model. But I have a question because, Brian, you're very used to this atmosphere uh, of, of, sort of like raising fast because you've been there. That's your atmosphere. Now, I'm going to turn over to Bam. And, you know, Bam is... I, for lack of a better word, Bama, and it's no no insulting, but traditional corporate. You don't have to worry about those oh, things. Right? Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. just worried about data analysis. You're worried about you know uh, hitting your targets. But then all of a sudden, you're thrust into this atmosphere where you have to to raise funds. How did it feel for you when you were going through the process together with Brian of of doing all these things?
2: Well, for me, I think I've always had that entrepreneurial yearning. No? I mean I've always seen myself as you know wanting something different. I think being in Procter & Gamble, I was handling, I was in sales. So I was handling distributors. I always cared about their bottom lines, but now it really hits home. Um, (laughs) So you had a sense of what it could be, right? But probably that's 20%. Pero I think Brian is being very modest. Uh, (laughs) I think, yeah, Brian is being very modest. He has a full handle of it. Um, yes, he was a built uppreneur entrepreneur, but he's very natural in it, Get, raising funds and even running businesses, right? Um, you'd think that you'd know everything from a corporate standpoint, even if you handled bigger businesses. But I'm very fortunate, you know, that you know, I have this guy a few meters away. He's just a few <laughs> meters away. But <Pero, laughs> yeah, working with him, it's truly lucky you know, to, to be working with him and just trying to learn as you go along. I wouldn't advise this to anyone if you don't have, you know, trust in someone that knows what they're doing. And Brian's that. He's very humble. Sometimes lang yan. Sometimes humble. siya humble. Sometimes na siya, na
1: humble. Humble, Sometimes siya. Na humble, okay. <laughs> but, but, but you were saying also as well, you may entrepreneur, dapat may parang, kasi ikaw, you came from a corporate background with an entrepreneurial spirit to to jump ship. is medyo it's a bit of a challenge for, for many people, I guess, to, to to do that jump ship. So, do you advise this perilous journey for everybody to also move from a corporate to an entrepreneurial background? Or depends on ad- their I would uh, mindset? advise it
2: on three conditions. Three conditions. Number one, champion on the financial conditions. I mean, I'm a father of two very young children. Hello, shout out to my wife and my daughters. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to, you have to have rice reserves. You no, know? You have to, I mean, I've worked for 17 years. You have rice reserves, you have investments and all of that. So financially, you have to put it all in play. That's one. Second, you have to do it with the right people. So there's no better person to run a business with than Brian here in the Philippines. Uh, And third, you have to do it for the right reasons. So what we're doing in Sarisuki, I mean, what we're doing here, we're trying to impact farmers. We're giving livelihood to other people at the end of the day, back. When I talk to my girls, uh, I'm more proud of myself. oh, oh daddy's doing this. Daddy's helping people directly. You know? So those three things. Um, look at your rice reserves. Plan it out financially. Worst case, best case. Second, do it with the right people. Third, the right reasons. And everything aligned. Uh, it was a lot of hard work. Because as I told you, nga, I was in Singapore, expat by day. Uh, community on border by night
1: (laughs) Uh, night, (laughs) uh, night, Uh,
2: so it's not for the faint of heart but I'm very fortunate for all those three things to align (laughs) Uh, Uh, and yeah thank my stars I mean it's still a journey today but at the end that number three for the right reasons is always the one that will drive you
1: I I agree with the, the right reasons and going back back to Brian um, Brian, I know, you know, many people watch or, or listen to the podcast because they're also trying to learn, you know, how to make that right pitch to the investor, or how to how to talk to them properly. But then if we were to to tell them right now, the people listening, what was the Kumbaga, what was your investor elevator pitch uh for, for Sarisuki when you were when when they were coming? Because this time around, you were going to them, right? They were, you weren't going they weren't going to you were going to them to tell them what Sarisuki was about.
0: You know, there's no one element
1: there uh that that is right.
0: Um, there's multiple elements that need to jive together. So, first, people look at, and again, we're talking about like startups that can scale, that can be potentially worth in the hundreds, million, hundreds of millions of dollars, not in the billions of dollars, even in a single market. And that's a nice thing about the Philippines, where investors are now looking at the Philippines as a viable single country. Uh, mm-hmm. Option where you can have a Philippine business targeting the Filipino consumer and growing that into a really large you know, business. And uh, you know, the, the the ones that have that have come before us, uh, like Kumu, um, Rosary, you know, are very local centered companies that have been able to raise uh, significant capital. So that's the first thing: the, the addressable market that you're looking at is this product or system or software that you're building going to address a $10 million problem, a $100 million problem, a billion dollar problem, a multi-billion dollar problem, right? What is it going to address? For us, groceries is a $100 billion market. We're not saying we're going to get the whole $100 billion, but if groceries were only a $100 million market, it's too small. For any investor to even look at, uh, for them to come in and get those, those outside outsized returns. If you put yourself in the shoes of the investor, you need to also understand that they need to return a certain amount for their investors as well. So, investors aren't the final say. Your investors have investors who probably also have investors, right? So, it trickles down. There is always a margin to be made, and you need to be able to convince them that they can make that margin because the market's large enough that you have understood the business model well enough and then you built the right team that can execute also so you have those three things and then everything else would be how well you put you package that together but first and foremost is that what bam said his third point you need to believe you need to really love what it is you're doing. Because that, that will come out when you talk to someone about your business and uh, you're not passionate about it, it will it will come out, right? So it's always a why. Why are you doing this? Why now? Why this? Why this market? Why you? Um, that investors will ask. You need to be able to answer those questions. So it's not, there's no silver bullet in, in making the right pitch. You need to structure it with the right elements and then package it well together. Like you, RJ, if I talk to you about Mercato, you're very passionate about helping micro-entrepreneurs. And, and it really comes out. It really comes out, you know, just even a five-minute discussion, I know how passionate you are about the space that you're in. So real entrepreneurs should be able to communicate. And you can't fake that, right? It, you can, it's something that, that you live. That's why one thing that I I tell people when they ask me, you know, is it, should I go into a business with this or that? Or how do you find founders? Because we've helped venture build. I don't like founders because I've been through that. I don't like founders where you give them an idea and say, let's launch this. That happened to me with a few of the other stuff that I've done. I wasn't really convinced or passionate about it. I just said, okay, this is a kind of neat problem that I want to I wanna be part of and solve. But it wasn't something that I've been thinking over months and months and months. But like transport. I've been thinking about transport for years. So when... Grab came along. I said, oh, oh, yeah, let's do this. Um, for Sarisuki, I've been thinking about Agri for, for a few years already, um, even while in Grab. Uh, and then the whole community uh, selling platform on why and how community leaders could benefit. I see it in my household because my wife was the first community leader. Even before Sarisuki started, she was selling foods to her to her friends, her, our neighbors, um, people that she knew on Viber. So if she could make money on that, if, and why not take that whole concept, replicate that, and allow any individual to participate in an economy or in an ecosystem where they could make an extra living. So it was embedded inside my brain. So I was e inception ako for, for a few months before, <laughs> before we started. Uh, sorry, Suki. So... Everything that's the most important thing that an entrepreneur should have when they're pitching the passion with what they're pitching.
1: Uh, yeah, and when you said that, this is the interesting thing, Bam, before I'm gonna ask you to say something also, but you, you know what? Uh, the I remember Brian very, very clearly, uh, back in the Agora Awards that was given by the Philippine, uh, but the Asia Leaders Awards, I think the HSC, sorry, CEO Awards, we were both there, and that's when I received my award for uh. SME of the Year for, yeah. for Mercato Central. Yeah. That was back in, I think, uh, 2019. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have a chance to work with Brian because there's a... So, I to learn from Brian as well because there's so much entrepreneurial... Uh, it's true, eh, but If you're passionate about it, They're willing to bank on your passion. And yeah, bam, please, please add to what Brian said.
2: Yeah, I think the operative word is belief. Uh, you can't fake belief. So belief in what you're building and also belief in yourself. Grabe. I think that hit home for me as well. Um, if you're going to jump, you really have to believe. And it will show if you don't believe in what you're doing, in yourself. There's So there's a lot of layers that you're peeling uh, on that self-belief that you go through this process. It's an everyday thing.
1: How would you describe... Because uh, I, I often tell people, you know... Sometimes we talk, so, you know, when we say, oh, what's your elevator pitch, investor pitch, medio, it's a bit difficult to appreciate. But, Bam, if I was to explain what does Sarisuki do for my 78-year-old dad, who is not that, you know, he doesn't understand quite clearly uh, tech and startup uh, industry. What is, what is Sarisuki? To him, how would he understand Sarisuki?
2: So, Anusha, digital Digital sari, Sarisari store. Na pwede ka magbenta sa inyong mga neighbors, walang puhunan, walang joining fee, kikita ka, mura at magandang produkto para sa iyong mga kapit kapitbahay.
1: So it's that it's that that's the simplest way to explain it to him. That's and then way. what does technology do? There's to a, that we'll actually
0: uh there's a simpler way, but I need to mention another brand. It's basically you can't. It's, <laughs> I will I will. RJ's a friend though. So so it's the yeah. Avon for groceries, basically. It's
2: the Avon for groceries. It's a digital A1 yeah. for groceries.
1: Got it. That's basically sometimes when they teach you start uh startup pages X for Y. It's the X of Y. Yeah, yeah. It's the Avon yeah. of groceries. Correct. <laughs> it's Correct.
2: a digital A1 for groceries. Correct.
1: Okay. So um for people who don't use even explain for it. You know how does it work? Walk me through. I'm 76-year-old, 76-year-old makeup, ano makeup, ano But how explain how it works basically? If they come on the site, what happens? Then? if they are the buyer and if they're the, the community grocer, parang ganyan.
0: Yeah. So let's put aside the buyer first. The central point here is the community leader. So the community leader signs up on Sari and is now able to resell 4,000 different daily essential items to their communities and earn a margin from them. So that's that's essentially what what it does. And that's where technology comes in. It's a platform that helps connect the suppliers and the end consumers via the community leader who uses the platform to manage the transactions
1: across both sides. Got it. So you're short of... There is still um, how do I put it? There's, I mean, you're talking about the agri sector, and one of the biggest gaps in the agri sector is that there is a large play for the middleman. Actually, it's, it's the the farmer gets the least, and the middleman gets the the, the correct, middleman correct. gets the most. So in this model, um, we're able because of the digitalization and speed to market from the grocer to the consumer, we're able to lower, I guess, the middleman costs. Brian, is that correct for me to say that?
0: Yeah. So the friction costs a- lower. There's a few things that are broken with uh, agriculture. And one of those is what you rightly pointed. So the middleman section is quite thick just because people don't have access to infrastructure, to tools, logistic um, uh, systems. So if you can compress that and release margins, you can now move margins either as savings to the end user or as extra earning to the farmer. And of course, we need to take oh. a bit to cover our costs. But it's a compression of the middle. That's one. Second, is the agriculture process. 40% of produce is wasted across the chain. Imagine mo na lang, we are a tropical country. So if you have leafy vegetables out there in the sun, and It's not. Oh. It doesn't last. It's not fresh. But all the trucks that bring down the gulay from Baguio and, all, and up from Quezon, they're all they're all in open trucks. So the supply chain is not built for our weather to get produce in in a way that reduces wastage. That one is real value that you can create if you can fix that chain. So I said that's immediate yield. This immediate yield increase, um, and it's not margin shifting. And then the third is if we can help improve yields at the farm level, right? Instead of them producing 10 tons in the certain uh, acreage that they have, we can produce 15 tons just because of better water systems. It was funny. I was with, uh, with someone from France recently, and she said, my parents work in a field. Like, we, we have farm. We have a farm. And I said, oh, your parents are farmers. I don't know what that is. We don't have this. We have <laughs> 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 Nagpapalakol.
2: Nagpapalakol <laughs> day, so. <laughs>
0: so that's the difference between Philippines and I guess you know more developed countries. They're highly mechanized, their yields are better. And the mechanization of them is is possible because they till a larger farmland. So one of our dreams is to be able to work closer with farmers. Do contract farming and large plots of land and help improve yield. So now, if you imagine reducing the middleman margin, getting the farmers to earn more, passing on some savings, reducing wastage of 40%, let's reduce that, and then increasing yield. There will be food for everyone at a cost that's affordable to everyone. That is the you know, the social good that we want to bring and let our community leaders participate
1: in that. Fantastic. And I can see where the where the belief is coming in over here. Uh, Bam, before we go forward, can you please share with us again, Um, so how can people now participate if they want to, whether as a yeah the farmer side or from the client side, how can they come in right now and participate in the platform?
2: So there are three ways to participate. One is our Kasanga Farmers. So if anyone out there you know, has like access or, or produce that they want to sell through the platform, we're more than willing to bring you in. Lalo na if it's direct to farm. So, our Kasanga suppliers, our Kasanga farmers, uh, the email is here. You can just reach out. That's one. Second, our Kasari community leaders. So, all they need to do is to download the app. If you want to have your own negocio, right? earn something, do something through through the app. Just download the Sarisuki CL app. It's in Android and iOS. And then there's just a process there of uh, registration and onboarding, right? And then we'll put you in the platform. And third, if you want to buy, right, you can visit uh, sarisuki.com. There's a button there on how to become a Kazuki, uh, Kazuki buyer, so that you can help your nearest community leader in your area so three Ks, kasanga kasari and kasuki and we namin a name sarisuki
1: i like that so again uh, just to be clear three ways if you want a, if you're a farmer who wants to join you can join you can go here pr at sarisuki.com Kung Yes. you belong to a farming community or farmer if you are the end user you want to be able to access go to sarisuki.com is that right perfect yes and then the, and the then third one is the app, the app, you can go there if you are on either, you're either the farmer if, or the...
2: If if gusto mo if you want to be a Kasari community leader and you want to be an online grocery uh, selling all the produce, download the app, Sarisuki Fantastic. CL App.
1: CL App, okay. And those are on all the major platforms where they can, all, all the major pre-stores. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Now, I want to go back uh, right now and, and talk about something a bit more interesting, if you don't mind though. And actually, I want to go a bit more into your background. So, by the way, Eric Ronald Pagdanganan over here is saying he's a huge fan of all of you. Uh, more power to you. Clark, can you put it up? Thanks so much, Eric, for listening. If you got questions for them, please do let us know. Thanks again for, and all those from Sarisuki listening to us here right now, especially the biggest fans of uh, Brian and of Bam. Bab. Hello to both of them. Um, now let me ask a bit more questions here. Now, uh, especially because I want to go more a bit more into the entrepreneurial journey. And actually, this is the interesting story for me and and, and for for Brian. Oh, Abby Victorino, go Genie, Say hi also as well. Abby Victorino saying congrats, Brian, great job, and let's collab now, sabi niya. the mga taga Grocery Genie. I think you guys should make make great collabs here right now. So Abby, please do get in touch with us over here. So Brian, this yeah. is the first time I the first time I met Brian. Uh, natatawa ako. Because um the first time I met him, I interviewed him. I was, you know, and that was my first really foray to understanding startup. I think, Brian, if, if I'm not clear, I forget the startup. It was loaning. It was your online credit, your online credit app that you were doing maybe five or six years ago. And we were talking about the app. And I think the next thing, <laughs> yung, yung startup, or even before the show came out, the startup closed down. So for me, wow, wow this is a really volatile industry. How was that for you? Cause, but I mean, after that one, you went into grab. So tell me a bit more. I mean, how did that, uh, you know, if people might think you've, you've been successful all the way, but it, it, that's not the case, but even your non-successes are still, you know, still good for you in terms of growing as an, uh, a builtpreneur, an uh, entrepreneur. Take us back a bit more. Tell me a bit more about that, that entrepreneurial experience for you.
0: Yeah. So, um, that was yes credit. Yes credit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oh man, Memories. Uh, So, yeah, yesterday was the online lending platform. So it was ahead of its time. Now you see a lot of them, like cash and law, you see.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Akulaku 24-7, no, no cash. ton of them. Some of them even became digital banks. So... This was very, very early on, um, circa 2014, I think. So I started Grab in the Philippines around 2012. I left for a bit, uh, wanted to do a few other things. Uh, one of them was a baby site no one knows about, uh, called Cadsley. Cadsley?
2: Um, I know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh, right after that, I did Yes Credit. Um, so we wanted to help Consumers get out of predatory lending ecosystems and offer them better rates, better credit scoring. Unfortunately, it was ahead of its time. It was a bit too early. You know? Philippines wasn't that hot of a market yet. The infrastructure, so credit scoring, the government, the national credit scoring system, it's not yet set up. I don't think it's set up until now. <laughs> so, so that one, that one was a bit tough in, in our ability to. Credit score and determine good borrowers and bad borrowers. So eventually, the investors pulled out and said, you know, it's not the right market for us." They took care of everyone, so they were very, very uh, good with with uh, how they how we wound down the company. Um, then eventually, after that, at the time, I said, "You know, why don't I just figure out what Grab's doing again?" Because it was that time was around twenty fifteen, let's say when. And Grab was just transitioning from taxi to car. It was just about transitioning Mm from taxi to car. We were at a massive disadvantage against Uber who started with car. So I came in and started fixing up, like, reviving things. And the first thing I did was look for all the places where Uber acquires their drivers and put a Grab, (laughs) Grab location right outside. The whole McDonald's versus Jollibee. Strategy. Um, so, this, so, so then the rest is the rest is history, all, all up until 2020. And then now I'm writing my new history. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: what was the biggest lesson that you picked up from, I guess, from Yes Credit? I hope you don't mind because so many people are thinking, I mean, you're not supposed to fail, right? Or you fail, you take it personally. But how do you appreciate failure? I mean, technically, Brian, they might close down, so it might feel like a, uh, it didn't work, right? How, how how do you how are you supposed to appreciate that as an entrepreneur or a buildpreneur?
0: So I think the default status of any startup or any business is failure. That's the default. So right now we're still a failure. We haven't succeeded yet. Okay, success will come once you're profitable. That is now my new determinant of success. It's not when you raise money. It's not when you IPO, it's when you're profitable and self-sustaining and you've created such great product market fit that people are willing to use your service without you subsidizing it. That is success. Um, what I learned from Yes Credit is building a team. So I've known how to build a scalable team. That that, that one's easy because you just throw money at the problem. But <laughs> but with Yes Credit, we were a bit more thrifty. So we were very strategic in who we wanted to put on the team. So how to assess, how to look at talent, how to build a tech team, that initial tech team structure. Uh, you know, have a, having a PM, having a, a scrum lead, a designer, and, you know, all of that. All of that see, was given to me in Zalora. It wasn't something that I had to build in house. And also with Grab, right, early days, late days, it was something that was given. Versus, in uh, yes, credit. We had to build it ourselves, so that was a very good technical experience for
1: me. Great, got that. Um, so yeah, let let me talk, to, to Bam over here, Bam. I, I have a question for you now. As as a as an as somebody who came from a corporate background and went entrepreneurial, did you always have that? You you did say that entrepreneurial spirit over there, but how did you know? Uh, that it was the right time to sort of jump ship and uh, move over to, uh, to with Brian. How did he? How did he also encourage you to to come on board with him? That, I'm, I'm very interested to find that story out because uh, you know, coming from the corporate background, there's what they call the golden handcuffs, right? Like oh, yeah. you're so yeah. hi- you're you're high up, you're so high up in the company already that it's hard to leave because you know because of the benefits, because of the though, you don't really want to leave, but then. So it stops you from becoming an entrepreneur. Can you tell me a bit more about your own background leading towards? I wanna doing sorry. So, pagkabay
0: version yung sa version ko. a buto
2: Na natin eh. So first of all, Brian and I have been friends since university, so tagal nlen, twenty plus years Um And yeah, there's always been that itch. We were Lot to mga things sa sinasabi ni Brian karina yung kadsli yung yes credit and everything. He always involves me in the discussions. Ah, okay. uh, even before. So
1: hey, well, and, he, he likes picks he picks your brains, parangayun.
2: Oh, even yung grab ngay eh, We were doing some drawings on it and he's gonna launch it. So para it's very interesting for me. So there's always been that itch no? Uh Shempre, practical side. Kilamo practical side, um when I was with PNG, and maluho, and yeah, we were able to, my wife and I were able to build some sort of savings with investments and everything. So that's something that has a cushion for me and other things. So the practical side, we checked all the boxes and then you always wanted more. You know? So I've always wanted more and I always wanted to do something. Um, and you know, and then there was this opportunity that was, I think, right up my alley. Uh, so I was with sales for PNG, then trade marketing, and then regional stuff, brand stuff, and all of that. And this retail space, plus just the yearning to do something entrepreneurial and to make a difference, than uh, Jan. And we were doubling with it in a Brian. There's a lot of permutations before what Sarisuki is today. Uh, I won't say the other permutations, no, right? Because baka sabihin gaya-gaya tayo eh. So keep natin in mind. Uh, pero eventually, this blossomed into something. Tapos, I was in Singapore and then uh, I was sent home na rin. And then parang everything was just falling into place na parang we prayed about it, my wife and I... Um, tama naman yung natin. Um, and I always ask myself, what's the best thing that can happen in your current thing? And what's the worst thing that can happen when you jump? When I looked at those things, I mean, all all signs pointed I needed to do this. I need, and I needed to do it before I hit 40. You know? So I'm very thankful, thankful that, you know, I have Brian there who's gone. Where si is and then And then, I'm very thankful for my wife, so he's been supporting me, sharing my two children too. So, yeah, it's really serendipitous, uh, but it has been a long, long thing going. No? Um,
1: and then when you were there, so what, what was that? You said that there was a time that you were double hatting already, uh, doing mm. the. So, did that mean that for you, there was a point where you say, okay, I'm thinking of leaving, but I got I to gotta stay here for a bit just to make sure the transition is well. well why, why were you doing, why, why did you just jump in straight?
2: So it was tough. You had to think of the logistics of it all. That's one. Second is, you know, you're testing it out, doing this and that. Um, there were certain markers that we needed to see from a personal point of view, from where the business is going. And then when we really saw that, okay, this there's truly some product market fit, this checks all of the things and practically it can be something that can work out. Can right? it? Can. Let's do it. So siempre you have to you have to do a side gig. Um I don't know about you, but you, you can't just go jump in straight. If I were a yes. bachelor, <laughs> if I were a bachelor, no family and everything, I would jump in straight. But yeah, that's tough. I mean that was super tough. Expat. By day, corporate, hanggang 6, 7. Tapos at night, yun nga, we were doing this thing. No, and dami na WhatsApp group and everything. But yeah, it was really testing. But until now, so sobrang 110,000% on the gas pa siya. But it's great because it's like being super unleashed. Uh, yep. When I tell, tell Brian this, you're super unleashed in what you do. Uh, that you would never do in your corporate role. And I thought that I was the crazy one, doing things in PNG, my crazier one, pala. And it's that guy with a balbas on the screen. Yeah.
1: I can see that. I can. I can feel that from over here. Um, Brian, when you began this company, uh, I know that you were telling me a bit of the story that it was with your wife in the house that you were, you know, you developed it. Um, can you just help? I mean, maybe I often often tell people you start off with, you know. Um, What pain point or what problem were you trying to solve? Or or what what did you see? So, what does it spark for you? Because you did say that earlier on, you had been thinking about agriculture, even for many, many years. But it's really just in this pandemic and you saw what was happening to your wife when you decided to act on it. What was that one thing that said to you, ah, this is the best problem I can solve here right now? Because there must have been competing models on how to help agriculture in your head. But it sort of solidified when you saw uh, what was happening in the midst of this pandemic.
0: Well, so the problem that we identified was one so one on the agriculture side, right? So I was thinking about a few models. One was a B2B type agriculture service where we would supply input materials to uh, farmers. That was one concept. The other concept was a simpler, you know, distribute um you know, expand the product selection of Sari Sari stores, Brave B2B also. And then the third one was this community selling. And under community selling, there's a few different things. One was the Pinduoduo style. People here are familiar with it. It's where um, instead of having a reseller, you create a buying group. It's kind of like Groupon on steroids. So you create a buying group whereby uh, you can invite friends and then you invite enough people, you get a discount. Everyone gets a discount. It's like, going shopping together um we ended up settling on the reseller model because my wife in january started as a reseller of not for size but for her own stuff uh, she sells imported uh fruits vegetables uh oh, sorry not vegetables imported fruits steaks you know meats seafood uh, and local chicken right she has a she works with someone in batangas batangas farm um, that sells na- local native and black chicken, so I, I found that very interesting. And then at the same time, you know, a lot of the drivers were hit during the pandemic, so a lot of them lost uh, their means of the livelihood or, or their livelihood got reduced. Um, so I spoke to them and said, you know, why why don't we figure out a uh, a way to help them? Uh, while you're driving in the day, your wife is selling, you know, throughout the day, and you become a dual income household. That was the first initial pitch. And it wasn't just about giving them a site that they could do it we had to like procure the products build out the supply chain um, have control of the quality um, and make it easy for them. so now they can just sign up they don't have to put out any capital we will help support their initial start to the business and all that, all they have to do is leverage the social network and I know the grab driver I speak to them a lot I, I I love the, those guys. They, they work so hard. And I know their culture. They like being on fiber groups, complaining about Grab, complaining about me. <laughs> but I still love them. So, so they're all on fiber groups and and you know all these Facebook groups. So I said, oh, that's super bagay because that's the kind of behavior that we want. So that's how we started it. And uh, you know we started to grow from there. We saw that it was product market fit and then we expanded both in terms of what we offer and in terms of... our of our, of the people we try to target for the service.
1: So when, when you first had that idea, Brian, okay, I don't know what to do. Many people are a bit, are a bit temperate, they're a bit, not clueless, but they are unsure as to, okay, I've got this great idea, but what's next? Uh, number one, do I bootstrap it? Did you bootstrap it eventually to get things going? And where did you get the, you know, people say, how did you start developing the technology or the app that kind of puts your idea into action? Because People are, you know, at a loss sometimes when it comes to those type of things.
0: So, so you always need to start off obviously with an idea. You know, with this is what I want the app to do, and then from there, it's like writing an essay, right? It's like writing a five hundred word essay. You first write a three thousand word essay and cut it down. So you always start out with the end state. So this is the most beautiful app that I can build, and then you talk to the developers and tell you it takes three years to build. You don't want that. You want something that you can roll out. So we roll it out in April. a month with the app, April. so, March, yeah. so it, it didn't work half the time, but it sold, it, it didn't have all the nice bells and whistles, until now it doesn't, it doesn't have like, it has maybe 40% of what we wanted to have. But if we just sit down and not do anything and develop for a year and not release anything, we'll never learn. Because some of the things that we wanted to have developed at the start, it's not on the roadmap anymore because we learn, we iterate, right? So having shorter cycle times is very important. So the first thing, how do you start, right? So you start out with a business idea. You, you figure out where tech can play a role. Don't over scope whatever you're trying to do in tech, right? It needs to conduct the basic function, figure out what else is out there, right? You need to build your own delivery app or do you just use Grab? Do you Need to build your own servers, you just use Amazon or AWS. So figure out all these components and then start out with an MVP, a minimum viable product, something that's easy to build. You know, get it out in two months, as quick as two months, right? Unless of course you're building like deep tech, you know, AI, super, even AI though, but like deep tech stuff that would medical mejo medical field can't be too much about two years
2: years
0: but a consumer tech you want quick fast iterations right so that would be my that would be how we started, it right even even now we have two weeks friends, we talk about what we want built. we reject the roadmap we prioritize based on what we see um is going on with the companies is going on with our stakeholders um, and then adjust on that basis.
2: Yeah, and just to build on that, just put it out Mm -hmm. there to the target user, then hear what they have to say, then adjust, adjust, adjust. So that's one thing from the corporate side that it takes so long, right? Dito, just bring it out there, try it out, it's okay. But you learn that, okay, it actually works. So bootstrapping actually works. So just put it out there.
1: Yeah. Actually, Brian, I wanted to ask you about that because, like I said, we come from the same corporate background. And for there, parang, everything's got to be perfect the first time that you launch. You can't afford mistakes. You can't launch and then course correct on the way. Everything has to be fixed up already there. So it was sort of like a, a turnaround in mentality. But having said that, parang, that was might have been a challenge at the start. But then when you came from, from your background and you're, and you're the chief commercial officer of Sarisuki, what do you think? What what were you what were you able to bring them on from your own background? You know, because we tell people nothing goes to waste, right? So, oh, yeah, from, yeah. from yeah, what what did you take them on that you were able to, I guess, add to Sarisuki also that, that complemented Brian's own background from the startup world.
2: I think one is rigor. Um, you have that rigor of, you know, just putting things mildly in a structure, then go with it. Um, then Brian unleashes. Na mo, okay, na yan, just go." Okay, let's go. Pero I think that's that's one thing. The rigor and the structure, to a certain extent, you have to quicken uh, the pace. Pero it's very important that you have it. Uh, I think different lang naman with my corporate background is I was in sales. So I've seen handling the biggest distributors in the Philippines, handling the biggest brand in sales, handling uh, different key customers. So that, Rigor that, and you're you're not afraid to get your hands dirty just to go in the market. I think that's what it brings as well—that retail expertise. It's not really background; it's expertise. I was with PNG for 17 years, so when you know that this will work, that will not work. But bring all of that together—that structure, that expertise—shorten it and put it on steroids. Yun yung kailangan mo for a startup.
1: Got that. Um, now, having seen about the Sarisuki um, environment, Brian and Bam, no, what are you seeing right now? I guess, you know, there's so many areas to play in as a farmer, as a middleman, and maybe even as somebody who con- contributes to that ecosystem that you're developing. What are you seeing as a different, I guess, business opportunities in your ecosystem where entrepreneurs uh, can still play? Obviously, people can be there as the community grows and the people who, who who consolidates orders, but what more can they do? Pa? I mean, what do you see as other opportunities from a larger perspective in that ecosystem of yours?
2: I, I think we barely touched the supply chain. There's a lot of good that we can do when you put in technology and just uh, try to transform that. We don't want to say disrupt. So we want to say transform. Um, so that supply side has a lot of runway and uh, we've barely touched the surface. And that's what's exciting for us too.
1: And what, what specific, in the supply side, what are the areas where they can play Is it that more agriculture products? Are there particular... What are the gaps that are where people can still come in and say, hey, this is a good opportunity for us?
2: Yeah, so just... There's still a lot of... There, there's still thick middlemen or middle part in the supply chain. How you use technology to lessen that thickness and just put it either to the farmer or to the end consumer uh there's a long way to go for that
1: got that brian would you like to add to that what do you seeing the opportunities still emerging for many entrepreneurs to play in in your ecosystem yeah you know an emerging space in other markets
0: is e-farming um i know it's been said many times a lot of people have attempted to do it but e-farming that allows uh, producers to improve yields. So you have a few well-funded e-fishery companies in Indonesia. Nowhere would be happy to look at startups like that, uh, see how we can help them. Uh, E-farming also, how do you use technology to help improve crop yield? When do you fertilize, do you over-fertilize? When when do you uh, do cross-cropping, all of that? Uh, you know, just even basic education of farmers, even t- trying to work with farm schools offline with uh, Senator Villar's program for farm schools, for example. So stuff like that would be very exciting for us, and we'd love to be able to work with people like that. Also, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, smallholder you know, manufacturers, stuff that they find it difficult to get on Lazada or on... Uh, on supermarkets, they can work with us. The benefit of us, we have resellers. So if you give samples to resellers, they like your product, they'll push your product, right? And their community, they have sort of a certain hold over the communities that they sell and they can recommend, they can sell. Oh, mare, I try ko So I it up. And then it's uh, something, uh, something that they can help push.
1: Brian, since your wife helped you sort of uh, conceptualize this whole idea, or she gave you the spark me, Equity budget may equity by okay?
0: She owns everything. I'm just an employee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm her bill springer now. (laughs) Get, get, gets, gets. Now, guys, I know I really love this conversation we're having so far. It's it's too bad we're we're coming to the sort of like the close of the show. But you know what? I, I appreciate so much the type of backgrounds that you both bring into this picture. And you've learned so much. First of all, Brian, we've learned so much from your own, you know, you're from Boston Consulting, and then you've been doing startup work, you help put up companies, you help close companies, you help build up, grab. I, and we're going to ask you just basically, and then for Bam, Naman, you came from a corporate background, 17 years. You've also built a lot of brands uh, within the company. You might share with us just a few of your life and business hacks for people. I mean, if you were the entrepreneurs out there, that you're saying, okay, I want to help you guys out. Let me give you three tips so that you can you know, fast track or hack your way towards building your business. What, what hacks would they be? Brian,
0: um, you know one thing that uh, I learned. It's been a while since I launched something, right? With Grab, we already had an established base. So one thing that I'm learning the hard way: a lot of things aren't. You can't take anything for granted. Number one, it's, it's very important that you humble yourself to the market. You humble yourself to your stakeholders and, and customers. You can't rely on digital marketing. I mean, you can, it's going to cost you a lot. But if you want to scale fast, you can't rely on digital marketing solely, right? A lot of, especially in the Philippines, a lot of, uh, on how you go to market is still very tactical, still very on-ground, hands-on, face-to-face, still very tactile, very visual type of market. So you want to build that kind of trust, you know, growth hack and, and go your way to something bigger. Don't be afraid to roll up your... St- your sleeves, and get your hands down in the mud. That's very, very, very important. And the people you hire need to understand that. If you to the to ng customers, talk to them one, one by one, because that's the only way you're going to go from zero to one, you do that. You don't rely on, on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, those are tools that can help, but do not rely on them. And, and then the, the last one that I say is, you know, whatever business you're in, you need to be in love with it you need to be you know you need to remember for those of you who've been in love, remember when you were first in love it was more like an obsession rather than, than love and obsession meaning you think about that person day and night when they're awake, when they're asleep, when you are in the shower, when you're eating, everything. In and it's always if you're not thinking about your business in that way, then saya, saya, because uh, you wanna be, you wanna, you're gonna spend a lot of time on your business, more time than you spend with your, with the person you really love. So,
1: so. yung, magalit yung ano? All
0: the time, but that's the reality. It's and you're working
2: for something. nag am not about No, you <laughs> need Yeah, that's true. that's when true
0: not startups, there's no
1: startup.
2: Yeah, you have to be obsessed. So, just building on that, you have one one. to be obsessed. Yeah,
1: so, what's the three things? Yeah, I agree. So, obsession is one for you. What are the other things also for you? One.
2: Uh, I think the other one, and we say it in PNG, the obsessed with a customer, in startup, it's a whole different level. As in ito, kausap mo talaga sila I mean, ito story eh Noong Na, Christmas, na-delay kami ng deliveries to our seller Kami ni mean, Bri, we went to her at 10am in Tundo uh, Just to say sorry, ito pa KFC natin Kamusta po ba? Sige hintayin po namin yung delivery It gets to that level of being so involved with your Being so involved mga <laughs> being so involved with your customer that you're there with her or him um, and you know them ba? you know kung nakabili na sila na e-bike because of your because of Sarisuki you know pag nag quit na sila ng job at gagawin nila to full time you know na meron silang good review so that obsession with the customer is 10,000 times just startup and then Third would be the agree, talaga. Agree ako dun sa rolling, rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty, getting getting down and dirty, talaga Yun nga. You have to go there to the pinakaliblib part just to understand how to serve your customers better. You do it here. Uh, I guess fortunate ako dun because in PNG I started off in sales and I was one of the last batches. Binigyan kanang truck, magbenta ka sa Tugigaraw for 6 months. Kung hindi, hindi ka regularized. So ganun yung dantatnan ko in my cor- corporate background. It's 10,000 times more here that you get your hands dirty. So obsession, yes. You think of it every time and my kids say, sarisuki Suki. So my 2-year-old says, sarisuki Suki already. Um, second, yun nga, yung consumer craze consumer centric uh, that's the second and third Yeah, get your hands dirty to do the gross tap. Um, and that sends a message to the organization for sure
1: got that okay guys thanks so much for joining me over here for, for all those who are listening to the show uh, like, like Abby Victorino of Grocery Genie wants to collaborate together uh, with you guys and I'm sure so many other people want to collaborate also together uh, with you after hearing your story um, like I said, no, I think, Brian, you'd agree with me. Nowadays, it's, there's no more competition. It's for a cooperation, by right? You just work with people in that same ecosystem because there's so much space for all of us to grow. If you guys want to get in touch together with Brian and Bam, uh, let's just show again their emails here right now, Strauss. I think that's uh, pr, uh, bam at sarisuki.com. So again, if you're interested uh, to collaborate with them right now, you can go to bam at sarisuki.com. If you want to be a community resetter or if you're a farmer, they also have their app online. You can find that on the Apple and the Google Play Stores. Uh, just go there and look for Sarisuki. Tama ba ako? Sarisuki is on the Play Store. That's correct.
2: Uh, Sarisuki CL app. C- Sarisuki L- CL, CL app. L-
1: app. Yep. Got it. And finally, uh, if you guys want to buy from Sarisuki, please go to www.sarisuki.com. Um Brian, Bam, it's been such a great learning session for me here right now. And I guess for everybody listening, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, uh, we can have you guys back here again for more insights that we can learn from both of you as Sarisuki grows. And I'm sure uh, this is going to be the first of many great startups that you are guys are going to be birthing out of Sarisuki. So again, this has been RJ Ledesma. I will see you guys in the next RJ Ledesma podcast. Thanks so much, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you, RJ. Thanks, everyone.
1: Brian, Bam, stay around.